time, this doesn't look as attractive as it once did because you're fixing your eyes on the things of the kingdom. I'm just talking about a thousand that have a vision for their heart. They've got passion for God. They're leading intercession on their schools. They're set apart, consecrated under God. And they've got a vision and a mission for their life. Tonight is basically the first start of this new school year. That's my baby, Ryan Nicole. Y'all give it up for Ryan. She's excited. She got, the Holy Ghost just hit her down there. So I don't know. Shout, baby. That's right. I dare somebody to tell you to shut up. I... <laughs> But tonight is basically the start of a new academic year, and um, I kind of wanted to just kind of talk to you guys tonight. We're starting a new series, One to One, and the, night, the, uh, the title of tonight's message is 8,035 Hours from Now. 8,035 Hours from Now. Now, if you did the math, you kind of discovered that 8,035 Hours from Now will be Kind of right back at the end or the, bit, the beginning or middle of July. And we'll be on a break again. We'll take another summer break next year. But the big idea is that 8,035 hours from now, where will you be spiritually? Where will you be? Where will you be in your walk with God? Where will we be as a youth ministry, as Desperation Student Ministries, 8,035 hours from now? Will you bow your heads with me as we pray? Father, I just thank you so much for the power of your word. I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you are already here. So we just thank you that you're going to speak to us tonight. I pray that you speak through me, God. Breathe on the words that are coming out of my mouth. Let them come from your heart. Transform, encourage, correct, inspire lives tonight. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, amen. amen. So how could you look a little bit more like Jesus 8,035 hours from right now. What could DSM be if you gave yourself fully for the next 8,035 hours of your life? What kind of glory could we bring to God together over the next 10 or 11 months? See, one of the dreams of God for DSM this year, you guys, is to begin a spiritual revolution in our youth ministry. And I want you to be a part of it. I want you to be all in. Anybody ever played athletics before? Anybody been on any kind of team? How many of you had to sit the bench ever before? Come on, come on. More hands. The bunch, you're liars. Because we've all had to, you know, anybody notice like to sit on the bench, okay? And just, yeah, exactly. So you didn't just come out the womb playing so great, you know? So, so we've all kind of been there. But one of the dreams of God, again, is to begin a spiritual revolution in that every single one of us are apart. This is your youth ministry. This is your church. This is your house where you come on Wednesday night. This is yours, you guys. We do all of this for the glory of God, but to serve you. But we want like a handful of you to kind of get a heart for what we're doing here on Wednesday night. See, we've seen great things in DSM even over the last years and and months especially. There's been a foundation of prayer that's been laid by Pastor David and Pastor Stephan and Pastor John and just even youth pastors before that here in New Life. There's been great things that have, that have happened before you guys. But tonight, I want you to turn your eyes forward because we're standing on the shoulder of what God has done in previous years. But what lies ahead of us is greater. Can I get an amen? Does anybody believe that with me tonight? See, if a man, one of my greatest heroes, Dr. Martin Luther King says this, if a man has not found something that is worth dying for, he has not truly lived or he is not fit to live. Unless you found something that you are willing to give your life for, to literally lay down your life for a cause, for something, for someone, you are not fit to live. If a vision doesn't cost you something, then it's just, just a daydream. The generation that the world will not change is the generation that will change their world. And you guys, tonight, I'm just inviting you again for the next 8,035 hours of your life. I'm not talking about five years. I'm not talking about even 10 years or 20 years. I'm saying for the next year of your life, can you somehow allow Jesus to do everything that Jesus wants to do in your heart, in your life, at your school, in your family, in your city, and at your youth group. Can I get an amen? 8,035 hours of your life. 
Again, the generation that the world will not change is the generation that can change the world. You're not a part of something that's ordinary. You're not a part of some movement that is ordinary, you guys. This is supernatural. The Holy Spirit breathes on our youth ministry and breathe on leaders and pastors. We have vision. Why? Because we want to see this generation changed for the glory of God. There's nothing ordinary about you. If the Spirit of God is living on the inside of you, the Bible says that the same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives and dwells on the inside of you. I'm just saying for the next 8,035 hours of your life, if you could get your eyes off of yourself and get it on to others and get it on to Jesus and make some kind of fresh commitment for the next 8,035 hours, You are wholeheartedly in the game. Can I get an amen? Amen. And so, so again, if if a vision doesn't, if a vision doesn't cost you something, then it's, then it's just a daydream. I'm talking about vision tonight and I'll show you some scriptures and some verses, even in scripture from the word of God, where God is so clear and specific and he calls us to have vision for our life. You know what? At the beginning of, at the beginning of any athletic uh, year, you know, and, and different sports teams or whatever it is that you're involved in, many times the coach will sit down the entire team and say, Hey, this is where we're going. This is what we want to accomplish. Here are the wins. Here are the losses. This is where we're going. And, and I want you guys to be a part of it. And if not, you know, we're, we're really, we need you to be a part of it. That's what a coach does. And on the same sense, in the same spirit as a youth pastor tonight, I'm saying, if I could just pull you down, if we were in a locker room or some kind of context and I sat you down and said, here are the wins, here are the goals, here's what we're trying to accomplish. And this is what we're going to do for the kingdom of God over this next year. Will you sign up for this? Come on. And so, so, so again, Tonight, we're just talking about the next 8,035 hours of your life. And we just kind of, we're calling these next four weeks one-to-one. And the big idea is that many of you have been won by the love of God. And many of you haven't. Many of you have just been won by pretty girls that you just come here to see at DSM on Wednesday nights. Or hot guys that are sitting four seats down from you. Or, you know, don't start counting. Okay, so... so <laughs> <laughs> so, but, but, but some kind of way, and that, and that's cool too. If you don't love Jesus, we want you to be here too. Maybe you've been won by something else. The goal obviously is that Jesus would ultimately win your heart. But for whatever reason, many of you have been kind of won over. Like this is your youth group, this is your church, this is where you are on Wednesday nights. There's no other place you'd rather be. You know what I'm saying? And, and so the idea is to go from being won over to becoming one family, an army. Of people who are trying to accomplish one purpose for the cause of Jesus Christ. And again, some of you love Jesus. Some of you don't. You're not there yet. We love you. We want you to be here. We want you to be a part. You're still part of us. You see what I'm saying? We'll help you get there. I'll help you get there. Amen? So for the next 8,035 hours of your life, Just trying to challenge you to think about where you could be, where you want to be, ultimately where you will be. A famous quote, I love one-liners, amazing youth pastor, Jenny Mayo once said this, youth was not created for fun, youth was created for heroism. And I believe that wholeheartedly, you guys. There is strength in your bone, there is vitality in you. You have more time now, and I know you're involved with taekwondo, kickball, soccer, volleyball, basketball, football, and everything else. But really, you have the most amount of time now that you will ever have in terms of convenience for doing something great for the kingdom of God. See what I'm saying? It just gets more, things get more hectic the older that you get. And so, so in light of that, I'm telling you, youth was created for heroism. It was created for you to do something great. The dream of God through your teenage years is that you will do things that will far outlast your natural life here on planet Earth. Can I get an amen? 
You see, I honestly believe that if I can get like even 50 or 60 of you guys to say, you know what? Sign me up. I am all in 8,035 hours from now. I will look more like Jesus Christ and I will do my part to make sure that we as a youth ministry are reaching the teenagers that are right here in Colorado Springs. I love going to the nations. I love Africa. I love Tobago. But what about Colorado Springs? What about Sand Creek High School? What about Pine Creek? What about TCA? Who's going to reach them if not you? Can I get an amen? And so lest you think this is just hyped up emotionalism. When you spend time with God, you get the heart of God for the city in which you live. When you spend time with God, you get the heart of God for the sphere of influence that you have power over for your school, for your sports team. And I'm just saying, what if the only Jesus that they all know or see is you? Because every single one of us will give an account. We will stand before the man, Christ Jesus, with fire in his eyes. He will pierce his, I can't even imagine what it would be like. Whenever we stand before Jesus and he looks down into the depths of your soul. And he says, what did you do for me? Specifically in your teenage years. What did you do for me? What did you do for the kingdom? What did you do that will far outlast your short term of years spent here on planet earth. And so I'm just asking you guys tonight, 8,035 hours from now, where will you be? What will you have accomplished? What will you look like? How many souls you have won for the kingdom? How many hours of that 8,035 will have been spent in the place of prayer? How many hours of that 8,035 will have been spent in going out of your way to serve someone else? Just to give an encouraging word, to invite somebody to your youth group, inviting somebody to, to come with you to a prayer meeting, praying for somebody in the middle of the hallway at school. Yes, 8,035 hours from now. See, I want my dreams to always be bigger than my memories, you guys. I have incredible memories of who God has been to Brandon Cormier. I have incredible memories of, 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 of encounters with Jesus Christ where nobody else was there for me except for Jesus Christ himself. I have powerful memories of supernatural healing, casting out devils, seeing the power of God in operation in the middle of mission trips, youth group nights, worship experience, even some here, right, right here in New Life Church at Colorado Springs. But you know what? I always want my dreams to be bigger than my memories. And I want to encourage you to do the same. Be a part of something that will far outlast you. I want my works to outlast me. Again, if I could just get a third of you to buy into this. Say, you know what, Pastor Brandon, I'm, I'm all in. And I've kind of just been coming and, you know, I'm just kind of hanging out and I'm just kind of checking out, you know, what's going on, DSM. Like, you know, I don't really like to get real close. I don't like to get real involved in the worship and, and, and all of that. Okay, whatever. But 8,035 hours from now, where will you be? All in. All in. That's the big idea tonight. See, my hope is that many of you will look back on this night. Those of you who are here, the hope is that 8,035 hours from now, you will look back on this night and say, yeah, I did cool stuff for Jesus before. And I had a great experience even at Desperation Conference or in my previous school year. But that particular night, the first night, this new school year of DSM, there was something that God imprinted on my heart. There were some vows that I made to Jesus Christ. And I can look back and say, that was the night that I said, I'm all in. I'm all in. Sign me up. I don't just want to be on the bench. I don't want to just be like on the fringes and no, 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 no. I want to be a part of making this thing go. I want to serve. I want to help in whatever capacity is needed. I just, I, I want to be a part of something that's going to outlast myself. Are you guys getting this tonight? Everybody say 8,035 hours from now. 
the hope is that you'll be able to look back and say it was a weird night, just getting to know this guy. Some of you haven't been to DSM in a couple years. See some faces to talk to some of you even before service tonight, and it's a very different looking place or whatever. But the hope is that you'll be able to look back and say, I wasn't too sure about it, okay? Let me just be honest. But I made a commitment that night to be all in, to go out of my way, got to maybe meet somebody that I didn't previously know. Or I went out of my way because I've been coming here for years and years. I went out of my way to make someone else feel welcome. And they just started coming. They didn't know anybody. The hope is that you'll be able to look back and say that was the night. That I went all in. And it was worth it. And I'm a better person for it. And I've made some, and, and I've conquered some giants, and I've, and I've crossed over some mountains, and it hasn't been a perfect year, but that was the night I decided to be all in, no matter what my emotions said, no matter how I felt. Does that make sense to you guys? 8,035 hours from this moment, where will you be? Hope you'll be able to look back with a smile on your face. You'll be able to do that if tonight you'll decide to pay some personal prices to be a part of what God's trying to do right here, DSM, through us. You know, our theme for conference, you guys can shout it out to me. Our God is coming. Finish it. Our God is coming to us, through us, and for us. And you guys, I feel like this is the year that our God wants to come through us. That he wants you to be literally his hands and his feet. You'll be able to, 8,035 hours from now, look back and smile. If you'll decide even right now, make a decision that you're going to pay some personal prices to be a part of what God's wanting to do. And what am I talking about? Prices. Prices that are paid to serve God and to really affect change and advance God's kingdom are sometimes prices of your ego and your pride and maybe some unholy friendships because we all know it. Show me your friends and I'll show you your future. And maybe there are some toxic friendships and relationships that God's saying, you know what? I need you to pay a price in order, making an investment into your own change. You need to end some of these friendships. Maybe they're unholy. You see what I'm saying? Or paying the price of your ego and your pride, looking stupid, feeling foolish. I do it all the time, you guys. In youth ministry, you always look stupid, but you don't care because it's for, the, it's for the glory of God. You see what I'm saying? And so even whenever you go up to somebody and you just meet them for the first time and they look like, you know, they look at you like you have like five eyeballs growing out of your head and you're just like, hey, how are you doing? You know, welcome to DSM. Glad you're here. Hey, can I pray for you? Can you do what for me? You know what I'm saying? It's paying prices of ego and pride and ultimately forgetting about yourself. Because your eyes are so much on Jesus because he is worth it. Amen. And so 8,035 hours from now, if you'll make a decision to pay some personal prices, you'll be able to look back over this school year with a smile on your face saying, Jesus, I did not get everything right. But I made a vow before you that I'm going to pay whatever price is necessary to see your kingdom advance in my school, in my family, and in my friendship circles. Maybe some of you are going to need to pay the price of getting up a little bit earlier because of the crazy schedule that so many of you have and setting the alarm clock. I'm talking about paying prices. Maybe even showing up here on Wednesday night a little bit early if you can and just saying, hey, how can I serve? Maybe I can just make people feel welcome or whatever it is or, or, or being a part of All the different things that we have going on, even this fall or in in the spring, it's just paying prices of rearranging schedules and, and doing all these things. But I'm just telling you, a vision that does not cost you something is really just a daydream. Anything that you do for God, you guys, there's a price to be paid, but it is well worth it. Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11. Starting at verse 24, Hebrews eleven twenty four, and I want to read this out of the message. It says, by faith, Moses, when grown, refused the privileges of the Egyptian royal house. He chose a hard life with God's people rather than an opportunistic soft life of sin with the oppressors. 
He valued suffering in the Messiah's camp far greater than Egyptian wealth. And listen to this, this is the key part. Because he was looking ahead, anticipating the payoff. One translation says, because he was looking ahead to the day of divine payoff in heaven. What are you looking ahead to? And what's your divine payoff going to be? You see, if you'll pay the price now, you have something to look forward to. The divine payoff, 8,035 hours from now. This is not hard. This is not difficult. It doesn't take rocket science. You don't have to be the smartest, most good looking, or the most athletic. You can have a vision for your life that 8,035 hours from now, I will know and reflect Jesus much better, and I will be a part of what we're trying to do here at DSM, which is nothing more than to call a generation to be in desperate pursuit of God. But prices have to be paid. If you're going to be a part of calling your generation to be in desperate pursuit of God, then you've got to be in desperate pursuit of God. You're getting the point here? There's a payoff. There's a divine payoff. All of this thing is going to culminate ultimately whenever we stand before Jesus. But right here, you guys, there's sometimes where God will say, you know what? You have paid the price. There are rewards both in heaven and on this side of heaven, you guys. I've seen it. There are rewards. There are benefits even to serving God, to paying the price. Where God says, yes, you can go deeper in me. Yes, I have more for you. Jesus put it this way. If you're faithful over little, God will make you ruler over, over much. That's not just talking about in the, in the age to come. That's being faithful for the next 8,035 hours of your life. I want it to be burned in your heart and your mind. Whenever you're, whenever you're tempted not to pay the price, whenever you're tempted to, 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 to do, get, get off into all kind of worldly things that you say, no, 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 8,035 hours from whenever that was, I want to be closer to Jesus. I really want Jesus to use me for his glory. I really want him to use me for his glory. If your Christianity doesn't cost you anything, it won't be worth a whole lot to you. That's why some of us are like one foot in, one foot out. One week in, three weeks out, you know? It's like five steps forward, ten steps backward the next day. Because some of us haven't really paid a price for our Christianity. Salvation is paid for. Paid for in full. That was done at the cross. But then Jesus says this little thing like, pick up your cross and... And daily follow me. Pick up your, bear your cross. Come on, get it together. You've got grace. You've got all of my divine strength that is empowering you to be everything that I've called you to be. So you are without excuse. Because I've made every provision for you to win. For you to be successful. For you to be victorious in living out your Christian life. But if your Christianity doesn't cost you anything, it won't be worth a whole lot to you. So you can pick it up one day. And toss it on the shelf on Saturday night. Pick it back up Sunday morning. But by Tuesday morning, oh God, you know, back on the shelf. You guys getting this tonight? But a Christianity that's cost you something, quite possibly everything, has such a high value and a priority in your life. To where you say, you know what, Jesus means everything to me. And he is more pleasurable and he is much more better than anything that I could ever experience during my life here on planet Earth. You see what I'm saying? And so the the call, 8,035 hours from now, this night, you'll be able to look back and smile if you'll make a decision, a commitment even tonight to say, I'll pay the price. I'll pay the price. I'll make whatever sacrifices are necessary. Jesus, I'm willing to let go of certain friendships, knowing that you'll even just bring better ones into my life. Jesus, I'm willing to to, to, to carve out time in my daily schedule to spend time with you. I know it's not popular or convenient. Yeah, I'll I'll, I'll change my, my diet of maybe what I'm watching on TV or what video games or music or whatever it is. I'm talking about paying prices. But again, if I could get about a third of you to say, sign me up. I'll pay the price. I am very confident by faith that we can see great things done for the kingdom of God this year 
Not only just here at DSM and your friends, but also on the inside of your heart. You'll look much more like Jesus 8,035 hours from tonight. Can I get an amen? So I want you guys to think about this long and hard. And we are going to have an opportunity for you to respond tonight. And this is not this is not the night for you to say, oh, gosh, like all of my friends are doing it. So sign me up too. maybe they'll just no, 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 no. It's a night for you to evaluate. You've got to get a vision for your own life. Your friends can't have a vision for you. You've got to have a vision of your own life where you want to be. Where do you want to be? 10 or 11 months from now. 8,035 hours from this moment. See, if you're bored with your Christianity, let me just ask you, when was the last time you paid a price or took a risk? Christianity, Christ is not boring, my friend. You are. That's your own issue. You see what I'm saying? There's nothing boring about serving Jesus. There are risks that can be taken for him almost on the daily basis. You see what I'm saying? And I'm just asking, when was the last time you took a risk? When was the last time you paid a big price out of your obedience and your allegiance to Jesus Christ? When was the last time? When was the last time? The hope is that 8,035 hours from now, there'll be so many hours we're filled with you just kind of stepping out in faith and maybe praying for somebody you didn't know. Or maybe you know, just for just different levels, where, just no matter where you are. Stepping out, defending someone. Stepping out in the midst of someone telling some crazy or dirty joke. Stepping out and saying, it's not funny. Try again. I'm just saying, when was the last time you paid a price? When was the last time you took a risk? As I can look back, as I look back, even in high school, 15, 16 years old, whenever that, the, the message the, the, the was given to me, was told to me, Brandon, you need to begin taking risks for the gospel. And taking risks, even through college, walking around our student union. We were just like the crazy bunch. I mean, we would literally take oil and just anoint our student union. I mean, we'd just be like praying over our campus. Some of you don't even know what that is. Don't even worry about it. But the whole point is, I mean, we were willing to take risks saying, you know what, Jesus, we want you to send revival to our college campus and just walking around our college campus. People looking at us like we were crazy. We didn't care because we were paying a price and we had a big payoff at the end of my years in college. You see what I'm saying? And our friendships, and I can look at their lives today and say, hey, are you still paying the price? Yeah, I'm still paying the price because he is worth it because he's worth it does that make sense to you guys tonight maybe it's paying the price and being the radical one it's paying the price and stepping out and and maybe you're the only one but but i'll stand alone if i have to because he's worth it maybe it's paying the price the area of relationships in the area of purity and say, you know what? I remember that message of Desperation Conference. And I'm going to tithe my teen years. And that's just where I am. And that's just who I am. You see, for some of you, this isn't a big deal. Because Jesus really doesn't mean a whole lot to you. That's why you can pull out your cell phone in the middle of worship. And have no problem sending 20 text messages that don't matter. Because you haven't encountered him yet. Because you haven't experienced him yet. Because you have no idea how holy he is and how rich and powerful his presence is. And it's like slapping him in the face and saying, hold on, Jesus. I have a few people that are more important than you. I'm just saying. What does he mean to you tonight? The hope is that 8,035 hours from tonight will mean a whole lot. And again, for some of you, it's fine. You don't love Jesus. You don't know Jesus. We still want you to come, but have the decency and the honor to say, you know what? I don't know him. I don't love him. I don't know a whole lot about him. But from what I understand, he's a real big deal. So I, I will at least respect his presence. Like the same way I would like if you know, a president or a judge or some, you know, official came into the room. There would be a shift Because out of respect and honor, we just say, oh, yeah, we're going to honor them. What's the same way with the presence of God? 8,035 hours from now, where will you be? What will it look like? I'm just challenging you. 
I want you to be a part of the team, you guys. I want you to be a part of the family. For the next 8,035 hours, your next 8,035 hours will be spent as a critic or a critical part of the team. And it's your decision. You sit on the back row, send 30 text messages if you want to. But 8,035 hours from now, you'll look back and say, gosh, I wasted the entire year. There's so much that I could have done for Jesus. But I was too busy being cool. I, I just, I don't know. I was just too busy being cool. But the choice is yours. See, I need you to be all in, you guys. I need you in the game. Some of you just, just come to, you know, find new friends, and that's cool too. And some of you come, you know, because your parents drag you or make you. Church can be the most boring place you'll ever go to unless you get in the game. I need a whole lot of you to decide that you are going to be a leader tonight. And what does that mean? I'm not handing out badges or titles of leadership. If you need that, you're not ready to lead. You see what I'm saying? But I need like a whole lot of you to say, I don't, I don't even know Jesus a whole lot, but I like leading people. Like people follow me. I mean, that's just who I am. And so, and so I need you, I mean, you too, to even say, you know what? I'm just, I'm going to be all in. I'm going to be, I'm going to be a part of what we're doing. I mean, this is, this is mine. This, I'm owning this. I'm carrying this. I'm going to invite people. I'm going to love people. I'm going to encourage people. I'm going to be nice to people. You know what I'm saying? I'm not going to make fun of people whenever they come in because they look different or smell different or dress different than me or whatever it is. I'm, I'm going to be at least nice to people. That's what I'm talking about. This is not hard. This is not difficult. This is attainable. 8,035 hours from now, you can reach this goal of leading in our youth ministry right here at DSM saying, I'm a leader. That's just who I am. You know what I'm saying? And, and maybe somebody, maybe, maybe some of the people, maybe you'll never have a microphone in your hand or you'll never grace the stage, whatever. But in your own right, you begin to lead in the place where you are. Because you want to. Because you feel it. Because you made a commitment to be all in. Because you want to be a part of the team and you want to get off of the bench. I need leaders who will buy in. All in. Looking for ways to serve, you guys. See, there are no small roles in the kingdom of God. Every single person matters. From the front row to the back row. To the most honorable, to the most disrespectful. Everybody matters. This team, this group, everybody's an insider. Everybody can be an insider. Again, a real leader doesn't need a title, a mic, or a stage. A real leader is just there to serve. I believe it was Jesus who said, if you want to lead well, he who wants to lead, make him your servant. Let's first become a servant. And so just saying, I'm, I'm here to serve. I'll come a little bit early. I'll be a part of cadres. I don't even know what that means. I don't know anybody, but I'm a leader. And I'm just going to, I'm going to find people. And I'm going to make friends and I'm going to make people feel. Proverbs says this, because this is, this is the most commonly kind of thing in our generation. Like, oh, like they're just not friendly. I can't find friends. Nobody likes me. Everybody hates my guts. And no, 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 no. Proverbs says he who shows himself friendly first will have many friends. He must show himself. He who shows himself friend, friendly will then have lots of friends. And here's the point. Here's the idea. That as you make friendships, you'll be able to influence people for the cause of Christ. Nobody's going to follow you if you, they, they think you're mean and hateful and nasty. I don't want to be around you. You know what I'm saying? And so I'm just saying, make some intentional decisions, even tonight. Lead well. Because there's no small roles in the kingdom of God. Second Kings chapter 5, this is interesting. Talks about this guy named Naaman. He was a general. He wasn't even a follower of God, but he had leprosy. And so this young teenage girl who was his servant, she just heard about a prophet in Israel, okay? And so, and so she knows that her master, Naaman, has, has leprosy. And at that time, big, big deal. It would be like the equivalent of AIDS or something. It was just like life-threatening. You see what I'm saying? And so she says, hey... Uh, I don't know a whole lot, but there's this prophet in Israel, and if you'll, you, you just kind of need to get connected with him, okay? And so, and so, as the story goes, 
as the story goes, the prophet comes and he's healed ultimately because he gives him some instruction. But here's the big idea. It's not that the girl knew so much. It was not that she was the most popular. It wasn't that she was so smart. It was just that she was available. She may not have had the ability, but she had the availability to be used by God. And she becomes this golden kind of link in the chain of the miraculous. She had a vital role. It didn't seem like a whole lot to anybody else. But if you remove her from the equation, Naaman never would have figured out that there was a prophet that could heal him. And he probably would have died. And so I'm just saying, there's no small roles here. I'm just saying, get in the game. Lead right where you are. Amen. You may think that your part is small, but from God's perspective, the small bit can be the gold link in a chain of miracles. Matthew 14, 17, another great example of this. This kid who just had two fish and five loaves of bread, not a whole lot of ability, but availability, no food, 5,000 people need to eat. And he says, hey, I got, I got a couple of fish. I got some fish. I got a few loaves of bread. I know it ain't much, but y'all can have it. I'm a servant. This kid from that 5,000 people ate. And the miraculous goes into effect. He didn't know a whole lot. People probably would say he wasn't really qualified, but he had two fish, five loaves, and a heart that said, use me. Sign me up, dog. You know what I'm saying? And so it's like, that's the kind of people God's interested in using. And that's the kind of people 8,035 hours from now we're able to look back and say, man, who knew? Youth really was created for heroism. I've seen some of my friends change. I've seen myself change. I've let go of some habits and my life is better because of it. Because Jesus is now the Lord of my life. And I am reflecting that in a greater way than I ever have at any stage in my entire life. I'm just saying this could be your story. Your story will be written. It's being written even now, you guys. And the big idea is that you would pick up the pen and be careful what you write because you're writing in permanent Sharpies. You see what I'm saying? And so as you write that you would say, you know what? I'm going to do something for the cause of Christ that's going to outlast myself. That's going to advance God's kingdom. Does that make sense to anybody tonight? Small acts of obedience this year will unlock some of heaven's greatest miracles around here. I believe that. Small acts of obedience will unlock some of God's greatest miracles that he's wanting to do in your lives this year. Proverbs 29, 18. And this is why I'm so passionate about talking about vision, you guys. Proverbs 29, 18 says, where there is no vision, the people perish. It's King James. Another translation says, without prophetic vision, people just run wild. If I didn't have a vision for my life, if I didn't have a vision of seeing Jesus one day, I would be an absolute wreck and cast off all restraint. My life would look very, very different if I didn't know that I was going to stand before a holy God one day. My teenage years would have looked very different. I can promise you that. Another translation says, where there is no vision, the people cast off restraint. I would go absolutely nuts in the pleasures of sin if I didn't have vision, if I wasn't looking forward to something. Again, 8,035 hours from now, you'll be able to look back and say, the vision that I saw in my heart that night was accomplished. And so this may seem maybe hard or challenging for some of you or just kind of, what does all this mean? You know, Pastor Brandon, what, I mean, yeah, I want to be all in. And what does that mean? Does that mean just kind of come like Wednesday night and lift my hands? Or what does all that mean? No, 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 no. It's go, it goes beyond that. This is what I mean. Again, you guys saw a video tonight. <clears throat> you saw a video tonight and just talking about this idea of cadres and small groups for high school students. And we've been doing this junior high students on Sunday mornings, those will continue. But again, I want to very clearly say, to be all in and saying, you know what? I want to be a part. I mean, I just, I don't know what all that means. And, uh, but I'm going to lead. I'm going to be a part because I'm all in. And so the idea again with cadres, it's free to be a part two Sunday nights a month, Sunday evenings, five to six thirty. We're starting this September the 8th. And all of this is you grabbing some friends. If you don't have any friends, you just signing up 
and making some friends and saying, you know what? For about an hour and a half, two times every month, I'm just going to spend making an investment into my spiritual journey. I'm going to have leaders and people to pray for me, people to encourage me. And I'm going and I'm, and I'm to like pray for other people too. I mean, I'm just going to, like wherever, whoever needs encouragement, I'm going to be there because it's really hard to do that on a Wednesday night. It's really hard to do that with hundreds of students here and going through worship together. All of those things are good. But whenever Jesus got ready to change the world, he didn't appeal to the masses. He went personally, one-to-one, saying, hey, will you follow me? Hey, will you, you, will you follow me? Joe, will you... Will you follow me? Bailey, where you at? Will you, will you, will you follow me? You see what I'm saying? And so he goes from person to person to person saying, Brayden, will you follow me? And he pulls out 12 and literally changes the globe with them. And they did a life together and they wept together and they went through tough times together and they encouraged one another. So it wasn't just the masses. It was a small group of Jesus saying, let's get together and let's talk and let's encourage each other. And let's have a load of fun along the way. And let's make some memories that we will never forget for the rest of our lives. 8,035 hours from now, you'll be able to look back and say, I didn't know. I wasn't really sure about the whole thing, but I gave myself wholly to it. And it was the best year of my life. I'm just saying. 8,035 hours from now. So that's high school cadres. And in the next weeks, you're going to hear a lot about us talking about that. Because we're just going to be launching it. So there'll be about seven or eight homes across our city. Different small group leaders. And again, you'll be able to pick. If you want to pick five people that go to your school. Or you hate everybody at your school. And you want to go to somebody else's school. Whatever. Hopefully God will change your heart. <laughs> give you a burden for your school. <laughs> okay, But whatever. It has no school affiliation. It can have a school affiliation. But this is you just signing up. We'll have about 10 to 15 people in each small group for high school students starting September the 8th. In the next three weeks, you'll be able to sign up. We'll do a big launch on a Sunday evening right here at church in the theater. You'll hear lots about this over the next three weeks. But again, you guys, I'm just saying, I need you guys to be all in for this. I need you guys to be all in, to say, you know what? I don't want to just come. I don't want to just be a part, but hey, I'm a leader. And this, this, is my, this, this is it. And it's also giving you an opportunity. Maybe you have some friends who, maybe you invite them to youth group. Maybe they're a little bit intimidated for whatever reason. You can say, hey, come, just come and hang out with me at my friend's house for an hour and a half this coming Sunday. And all of a sudden, you begin to win them over for the Lord. Or maybe you're not following Jesus yet, but you know that he's really, really good. But you're not like completely sold out. But you know you need to be being used by God. And nobody's exempt. If God can speak through a donkey and use a donkey in the Old Testament, he can use you. He can use you. He wants to use you. 8,035 hours from now. What will it look like? What will you look like? Other opportunities that, you, that you'll have. Again, even junior high students being part of cadres on Sunday mornings, 11 a.m. in the theater. That's us talking through things, praying for one another, encouraging one another. That's where those things happen, within the context of small groups, you guys. Coram Deo, October 11th, 12th, and 13th. Just saying, hey, sign me up. I want to be a part. Maybe you've never been before. You don't even know what the words mean. That's fine. But it's for you. It's just saying, hey, I, I believe in this. I'm, this I'm, I'm all in. I'm just all in. Another opportunity. And there will be multiple ones. This, sun, this Saturday, Pine Creek High School, 1 p.m. around the flagpole. There's some students from Pine Creek saying, hey, Jesus, we want to just dedicate this year to you. And they're inviting students from every single school. You don't even have to go to Pine Creek. This is a way of saying, hey, Jesus, sign me up. I don't even know a whole lot about prayer. I don't even know what to say, but sign me up because I'm all in. I'm not just going to sit this season out on the bench and be a critic, but I'll be a critical part of this team. I may not know a whole lot. I may not have the most boisterous personality. I may not even be the coolest or the most good looking or whatever, but, but sign me up because I'm not going to sit this one out on the bench. I want to be all in the game and just see what happens. You see what I'm saying? The worship team will come. We're going to be prepared to close tonight. 
And again, the idea asking God, Lord, give us vision without prophetic vision, without vision. The people perish without prophetic vision. The people cast off restraint without having a vision of where you want to be. Eight thousand thirty five hours from now, you will be an absolute wreck and a mess. Okay, a hot mess. You see what I'm saying? Because you'll cast off restraint and you'll just do whatever you want to do and nothing will make sense. And there's no purpose and there's no drive. You're just living your life haphazardly showing up to DSM maybe once a month or twice a month or whatever. But, but you won't really accomplish anything great is what I'm trying to tell you to do without a vision for your life. And so even tonight, you'll have an opportunity to ask God, God, give me a vision. What do you see in me, God, that I cannot even see in myself? God, give me vision that 8,035 years, hours from now, Years from now, hopefully you're in the kingdom, not burning in hell. It's a real place. That 8,035 hours from now, you'll be able to say, it was a night. I remember that DSM night. I actually put my cell phone down for halfway, half of the message. And God did something in my heart. And the Holy Spirit began moving. I didn't even know. I didn't have the words to articulate that it was the Holy Spirit that was moving in my heart. But 8,035 hours later, because you've cultivated a deep relationship with him, you'll be able to give words and language to what you're encountering even now. What you signed up for. Again, this isn't just for Christ followers. You're going to have an opportunity to respond tonight pay a price to be willing to pay the price and I don't know what that price looks like it's going to be different for every single one of you some of you the price is just that you'll actually honor the presence of God and you won't be the one that's talking all through the message and making jokes and being a distraction being used by the devil himself maybe that's the price that Jesus is calling you to make tonight Or maybe the price is showing up early and just greeting people and saying, hey, how you doing? It's so good to see you tonight. Glad you're here. Maybe the price is, hey, I love you and all. This relationship we got to burn. It's just, this ain't working out. I'm I'm trying to move forward and knowing something about God. And you're going in a completely different direction. We're not being pure together. There ain't nothing pure or holy about this. It's over. Or maybe even some friendships where you say, hey, you've been great and you've been good, whatever. But God's calling me to new friendships even now. And I love you and I bless you. And if you want to do something with God, I'll always be here for you. But the influence that you're having on my life or who I am when I'm with you, I don't like that person. Doesn't make Jesus smile. Doesn't make him happy. I don't know what the price is for you. Maybe the price for you is that you'll actually stop acting like you have a quiet time and actually begin having a quiet time where you actually spend some significant time daily with Jesus. Maybe the price for you is that you that you actually honor your parents' authority and, and you stop being so disrespectful and demonic in your behavior and you'd actually honor the authority that God has blessed you with in your life. I don't know what the price is. But I know that before Jesus, there must be a price that is paid. If it's worth anything to you, you guys, God, give us a vision tonight. 8,035 hours from now, will you look back on this night full of regret because it was no big deal to you? You just saw it as another just cute little message that, you know, Pastor Brandon's preaching and that was all good and cool and I'm just going to go on about my daily life. 8,035 hours from now, are you going to look back on this moment and completely regret your year because you're in more pain, more hurt, and you only feel more distant from God than you did even in this moment? Or will you be able to say, I made a vow that night. It was the night that everything changed because I'll actually follow through with it. 8,035 hours from now, some of you will look back and say, this is the best year of my life. So here we go. This is what I want us to do tonight.
again, you would do yourself a big injustice if you just kind of responded because the person next to you did. This isn't even a salvation altar call tonight. This isn't a give your life to Christ. This isn't a, this is you saying, I'm all in. I don't want to be a critic, but I want to be a critical part of this team. And sign me up because I don't want to just sit this year out on the bench. And maybe you just started coming in, but you're still like, but I, who can I, I, I don't want to sit a year out and do your, I want to get right in. It's my first time coming tonight, but I'm right in. I mean, I'm sold. I'm like, I've been won by God and I want to become one with this thing. There's something great that happens whenever we unite as one. Acts chapter two, I was sharing this with some of the student leaders that have been a part of Frontline Junior High and High School before last night. I just began to share this scripture with them and something just kind of came alive in my heart. Acts chapter two, it says, and when the day of Pentecost was fully come and they were in one room and one accord, then there came a sound as of a rushing mighty wind and there appeared unto them cloven tongues of fire and the Holy Spirit is outpoured. I'm just trying to say, if we can all come together as one, the Holy Spirit will be poured out in an unprecedented way that will make anything you've ever experienced before seem like child's play because you united and said, I am a part. Jesus, make us one. You see what I'm saying? You get this tonight. So every head bowed, every eye closed. This is your chance to say I'm all in. I want to make a commitment to be a part. I'm all in. I want to be a part of small groups. I want to be a part of, if I can, I, I want to do Coram Deo. I want to, I want to lead. I want to serve. I don't need a title, but I want to lead because I'm all in. That's you tonight. I want you to stand to your feet very quickly. This is not a popularity altar call. This is a vow that you're making before Jesus to say, I'm on the team. And it's okay if you sit the bench. Stay on the bench. We'll keep encouraging you. It'll be a boring year, but stay on the bench. You see what I'm saying? But those of you who say I'm all in, if you're standing, I want you to come up here. Just come and meet me down at this altar. And I want Corey to just sing this song, just even prophetically over you, because it just talks about, God, give me, give me vision. I'm looking to you tonight, God, give me vision. Lift up your hands to heaven as you come tonight. Everybody lift your hands. Just repeat after me. Jesus, I'm making a commitment to you tonight to be all in. I won't sit this year out on the bench, but I'm all in. So I'm saying use me in whatever way you see fit. I am yours forever for the next 8,035 hours I'm all in change me do what you want through me in Jesus' name and over time this doesn't look as attractive as it once did because you're fixing your eyes on the things of the kingdom I'm just talking about a thousand that have a vision for their heart. They've got passion for God. They're leading intercession on their schools. They're set apart, consecrated under God. And they've got a vision and a mission for their life.